Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, weary traveler. Need a short rest? Oh, I see. They said you'd be showing up about now. Come on, through the portal. Best not keep the Lord Mistress and more Master waiting. You know how they get. Robots Radio presents The Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I'm Mary. And we are continuing. We are just trudging forward into hell. It's uh, so we're bouncing around a bit. Hot. We're not just, you know, trudging our way to the bottom layer of hell. Right. Uh, I don't right. know that we'd be able to I think we I I don't know that we have the I I don't think I'm at the right. I'm also not at the appropriate level for that. I don't I don't know if you know this, but whatever level it is, I'm not at it. Right. So we 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 started out we started out on the at the ninth level just to get it out the way. Mm-hmm. Just get Nessus out the way immediately, and then we kind of been bouncing around, going a little low, going a little high. Mm-hmm. This time, this week, we are in the second layer of hell. Oh, up top. The, the second layer of the nine hells is a burning city of iron. The red glow of infernal heat burns within the scorched iron walls, and a pall of smoke rises up to form a general dark haze over the entire layer. So the second layer of the nine hells of Vator is called Dis. It's Dis. This is the this is this is the layer. This where we at? This is the layer, yes. All right, this where we are. All right. So so what are we doing here in this? Uh well, we are um usually feeling claustrophobic, but we'll get to that. Oh good, my favorite. So it's ruled by Despater, uh appropriately enough. Dis is ruled by Dispater, and his nickname is the Father of Strife. Again, evil devil, awesome nickname. Always, always. Also, I like that it's ruled by Dispater instead of that Pater over there. 
Well, I, All right, I think I'm done. I, I know you're not. You're, we I'm not started trying. the show. You're not I'm done. So hard to get it over with now. Get it out of the way so you don't have to put up with my um. Get what out of the way? All this. All this. I'm trying to get all this out of the way. So it's almost entirely covered by the city of the same name. So this the layer of dis is pretty pretty much all of it is also the city of dis. Okay, uh, which but stands, title track thing again. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which stands in a valley surrounded by a ring of spiked mountains. So you will find a road littered with skulls that leads about uh, 20 miles or so from the gates of Mausbarans down to the vast cavern of Dis. A traveler could only arrive at the city by following this um, road paved with skulls. And as the walls approached, one was, without noticing any kind of transition, suddenly inside the city with no edge or outer wall in sight. Oh, how strange. Right, so you're you're... As one does, walking along a road paved with skulls. That's also, the mental image is amazing. I'm getting some, like, serious, like, 80s heavy metal style art vibes. Oh, yeah, for sure. For this one, by the way, so. And then out of nowhere, you just pop. You're you're in the city proper. Sneaks up on you. The cavern is illuminated by the ruddy glow of sluggish lava streams and red hot iron and this cavern is not your ordinary run-of-the-mill cavern it is more than a hundred miles wide and easily 10 miles tall jeez so not like i said not your average run-of-the-mill cavern this is more like a chasm maybe a canyon of sorts yeah, that's uh I think that's bordering on on that for sure. Massive and crater? I, a I crater, know. yeah, possibly. Uh jagged mountains and sheer ravines break up its floor. So as you're making as you're approaching the city, bridges of iron spanning dizzying drops until mm-hmm. the road itself reaches the walls of the iron city of Dis. And as far as visitors or even the inhabitants those who live there are concerned the layer in the city are pretty much indistinguishable from one another this the the layer is the city the city is the layer right finkel is einhorn got it got it a reference i understood i i i've used it before and so i'm going to try to Try to go back to the well whenever possible. <laughs> um, also, the Iron City of Dis is where um, Rap Rock was born before it was unleashed um, on oh. our prime material plane. So this, so this is responsible for the Limp Biscuits of the world. This so is this is truly <laughs> hell. This is where Limp Biscuit came from. The Iron City of Dis. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Some claim that a traveler who walks far enough can leave the city behind, but despite these claims, uh, there are very few accounts of the city's exterior that have, that are known. That is really neat. So yeah, what's I mean, it look like, like? I have no idea. I can tell you what it looks like inside. Well, how right, will like, I know when I'm there? You I, just You just are. will. Yeah, you just will. Just You just have to trust me. We're in hell. I don't, How can yeah, I trust you? DTA, don't trust anyone, especially in hell. That's what I'm saying. 
It's described as black and sizzling and confusing to the senses. In fact, an oft-quoted but unattributable quote, uh, saying goes, where does the city end and the plane begin? The heat's made you a little adult-coved, clueless. So it's, It absolutely has. Yeah, I mean, like things are bad enough when it, they're very hot. You, know, right. you, you can't think straight. All mm-hmm. you want to do is try to cool down in any way possible and add the fact that you're literally in hell to that. Yeah, you're going to yeah, you're going to be a little confused. It's true. I'm definitely a little adult-coved. I like that. See, um it is as we're recording this, it is 6 p.m. and it uh-huh. is 103 degrees. Oh, see mine says it's 105 and hazy. Uh-huh. Which means if I go outside, I'm not going to be able to breathe. Uh, I mean, hot and hazy sounds a lot like this. So perhaps you have found yourself oh, in this without am... realizing it, as so many have. I knew that spell went wonky earlier. So one of the most interesting facts about this is that while it's, you know, potentially infinite, you know, not unlike the other layers of the tour, the plane in the city of its namesake always feel crowded. They always have this oppressive feeling to anyone inside. That's what I. That's what I meant when I said it, it was a claustrophobic feeling. So even though you, oh, so you've got this seemingly kind of infinite, you know, land like just wide open spaces, Dixie chicks for miles. You still feel like I mean, just... is that where they are? No, you know no, what, the, I'm not gonna. Or the the mm. chicks, as as they are the now chicks. known as the chicks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but despite that, you are you always feel kind of like sardines in a tin. Oh, I I literally live on the. This is where I live. This is where I currently am. That's what it's like going out in public for me. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. It, it does. Uh, it's oppressive. Yeah, you you stay out by by where my mama stay, and yeah. while like it's it's far enough away from. I mean, it's not you know it's not. I'm close like enough. I can far. get this stuff right, but I'm far enough that there's not people. Right, Except, exactly. Like in you know, but folks, I live right up against. I don't have a problem with. <laughs> and so, this is the largest. This is the largest sprawl. <laughs> Jeez, I can't. Are I can't you turning with this. into Sebastian? Uh, this is the largest. It's sprawling over miles and miles, man. Uh, of steep hillsides, <laughs> and most well—it's the most well-known of the cities. As a result, in the Nine Hells, uh, okay. has a population of roughly forty thousand. Uh, it's oh. a vast maze of searing iron ramparts, dark alleyways, squalid slums. And you know, town squares where iron gargoyles brood. So, like the aesthetic, the aesthetic here is very on the nose for hell. It is. It is. I uh, kind of like it. Like yeah. I, I like that it's on brand. You know what I'm saying? Like I, you know, I, I like, I like my. I like Dr. my Pepper. alleyways I like my, dark. I like my Dr. And Pepper my Squalid. <laughs> I like my Dr. Pepper cold, my French fries salty, and mm. my hell with gargoyles. 
Yeah, what's Call the me old fashioned. That's how that's how I like it. Uh, so vast dungeons of iron, iron everywhere, iron, iron everywhere. So let's all have a drink. Uh, mm-hmm. Lie beneath the crowded streets. Um, the entire city is made of red hot iron. Uh, oh. Every wall, every cobblestone uh, that you touch can burn you. Uh, it does one d six points of fire damage. So oh. yeah, without you know, that's, protective that's worse gear. than the floor is lava. I think. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you're not going to sink into it, but it will burn you without protective gear, like uh, like iron shod boots. I just, uh, I just know that my players wouldn't prepare properly for that. And they would do the oh, no, you would across give the them, hot stuff going. You <laughs> would give them every single, you know, short of saying, buy these stupid boots, you stupid, stupid players. Or things bad things will happen. Short of literally just spelling it out for them, you could give them every here, hint you in fool. the world. <laughs> if every you single hint in the world that, like, hey, maybe you should go shopping, and maybe you should do this. Now, oh, these got, look like, interesting. Neon to signs these pointing at it. Oh, I heard eye. that place was doing a ninety percent off sale. That's uh, crazy. They sell only super cool, convenient, and necessary magic items. They won't buy them. And they won't yeah, buy them. They'll buy something silly. They'll be like uh, one of the many visitors in Dis soon oh, writhing and burning in the streets. Oh. We love our players. We love. We do. Um, I mean, I. I, I make I can fun be because them. I would do it. That's what right. I would do. That's why I poke fun at him. Like, I wouldn't pick up the hints. I'm not good at subtleties. Like, it me. It me. It me. Uh, so the material exudes a column of smoke that constantly shrouds the layer in this dark haze like i mentioned earlier it's super hot super hazy super like everything just it's like like a like a barbecue grill like an old barbecue pit it just makes me think of like dystopian factory slum area dystopian i did the gesture for you that time there's no camera but i did the gesture you know so ranks of red glowing buildings extend to every horizon, rising and falling according to the hidden terrain and palatial mansions of, you know, notable, important devils and officers of the blood war. You know, they break up the the cityscape here and there. And this is my favorite part of the city is that there are screaming petitioners, captives from the blood war and other mortals kidnapped from the material plane, uh, they fill the subterranean prisons beneath the streets. <laughs> so not the only... streets are screaming? So not only is it oppressively hot, not only uh. is it just smoggy and hazy, but as you're walking through these streets that will literally burn you burn to death, you. Mm-hmm. you just are you hear like the muffled screaming of, of people that are kidnapped and tortured. So oh. the streets are screaming. I only say this because it's the time of the year where the trees are screaming here. Oh yeah, that's so it's um <laughs> it's wildly loud. But yeah, I the, will, yeah, it's the insane. sound the sound of their agonized laments, it's usually audible, you know, from the small vents in the city walls. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear you. Can we move away from the scream vent so I can talk to you properly? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, like, uh, other sections of the city host, uh, like, markets and bazaars. 
you know, where creatures oh. from a variety of different planes can meet and haggle and do business. But yeah, oh, like, let's I could, go there instead. No, I'm just thinking like, you know, you're trying to like make a deal on some sort of like, you know, rare magical okay. item. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And exactly what you said, like, hey, can, can we move away from the screen vent? I'm, I'm having some trouble here. Right <laughs> yeah, can we move like two steps over? Because, you know, the screams are going to swell every single time they try to tell you the price and it's going to cut off the important details. Right, exactly. So um, speaking of those markets and bazaars, uh-huh. most seek to buy or sell questionable wares or to hire bloodthirsty bands of mercenaries, you know, for work that only a devil could love. Uh, as previously stated, you know, it always feels crowded. It's always it always feels uh, stifling within this. And while much of it, you know, is likely diabolical and psychological in nature, you know, the city streets are almost always physically crowded as well. So it's not just one of those things like it just feels that way. I mean, it also literally is. So it, just wherever you happen to be is where the crowds are. Oh, my gosh. It's cursed like me. I mean, yeah, pretty much. That's I mean, me it's... going grocery shopping. Oh, there's no one here. All of a sudden, everybody's there. Everyone's there. Yeah. Uh, parades of devilish nobility attuned or attended by Lemures and I love this horribly sculpted soul shells vie with countless work gangs who constantly sally forth to repair, extend, or remodel the city at the behest of the Lord of the Second Dispater. So you have like this sort of combination of upper class, lower class, Mm -hmm. and all while at the same time, hot, screaming, smog. It I mean, as far, I mean, obviously it's it's hell, right? But this sounds like hell on earth. This sounds like the this worst is, city that yeah, would it's exist. Yeah, like too parallel for me. Like it feels like a little, a like little too believable. Too like this could be like an actual place that exists and it we would does. hate it. We would yeah. hate it so much. Oh, yeah. And the Ugh. people that grew up there and lived there their entire lives, like, oh, you just don't get it, man. You, just, you get it, you, you know, you get used to either it. you're like, from no. this or you're not. If right. you, either you know this or you don't know. Oh, this. you don't know this, right? <laughs> right, exactly. You see, I knew we weren't done. We weren't. We weren't even close. We're to never going to be done until we're done. And you've made more than I have. I've made like three, maybe I'm going to say two, two puns at the most. It's hard, as, as easy as as this is. It's it's it's, it <laughs> it's too itself. easy this time. You can't not exactly, like if you exactly. don't make the joke. Come on. Uh, so you know, speaking of this Vader, it's right. you know the city is ruled by him. It's a cruel but effective tyranny, oh. uh, one in which every devil knows its place. Uh, yeah. Usually, uh, and by usually I mean like almost one hundred percent of the time, is hanging out in his own personal digs, known as the Iron Tower. Uh, it's mm-hmm. visible from every part of this, of you know, for it reaches high above the city, piercing the haze of the lair. And some they accounts go love ahead. doing that. I said they love doing that. Oh, yeah. Love like, doing that. It's like, hey, this one is my house and everybody knows who's in charge here. Right. See, that's, exactly. that's mine. I'm pretty, the guy. Yeah, it's me. Like pretty audacious. Mm-hmm. Um, some accounts actually state that um, it stands above the centers of the city by hanging down. From a giant stalactite in the cavern ceiling. Okay. So, which also know, makes sense. 
I mean, yeah, one way or the other, it's like very obvious, very ostentatious, very, uh, you know, they know. Come, yeah, look at me. This is where I live. I rule. Behold everything. me. Uh, the tower. It's a mighty fortified palace whose form seems to constantly shimmer as well as change texture and architectural oh, styles. Um, and how it's interesting. Yeah, it's because the tower itself answers to Despater's will. Oh, that's cool. Right. So he could be like, I'm in for like a art deco style today. Uh, how about some, how about Victorian age? I'm feeling a little gothic. Right, exactly. So whatever, you know, whatever he's feeling or right. even, you know, and we'll talk into the defenses that he has in place, but Ooh, okay. even something like that, if he feels uh, particularly uh, unsafe or mm-hmm. he, he feels that, you know, an attack might be coming, then you could make it that much more fortified. That's awesome. So yeah, like it's a, it, it forms new corridors, uh, walls off intruders in blind mazes at the archdevil's mm-hmm. whim, mm-hmm. and within these walls, he enjoys a healthy bonus to not only his armor class, but I also was going to ask about that to a spell resistance and to so all it also saving works throws. As an amplifier, right? So yeah, it's an antenna. It's an amplifier too. That's really neat. And oh, thir- cool. In third edition. It's a plus mm-hmm. 20 to all three of those things, oh. which is, I mean, Beefy. he is pretty much invulnerable there. Yeah, that's like impossible. I mean, he's an one, he's an arch devil of hell. So he's going to right. be a high level encounter well, yeah, anyway. Expect high level, but like. So the AC is probably in the high teens, low 20s. To begin with, I would bet on it. And you add that plus twenty to that. I don't see how how you could hit, you know, Mm-mm. save for a critical, for a nat twenty. Yep. So you know, as Ooh. a result, like he, like I said, he all he's almost he's there almost all the time. He rarely ventures forth. Well, and yeah, I don't blame he's him. strongest I mean, there. <laughs> like, I, can't, I mean, if you told me like, hey, like almost nothing will ever hurt you as long as you're here. Like as long right, as you stay here, you're safe. Then I you guess I'm going to stay invincible. here. Staying it is. Uh, so yeah, so he prefers to lead through like diabolic messengers. Right. Uh, he is uh, patient, deceitful, uh, and meticulously careful of his personal safety. Uh, Despater has survived the politics of the Nine Hells for ages uncounted. And we're going to talk a little bit more about him and and his crew and his gang uh when we come back from the middle of the show but for right now let's talk a little bit more about the actual city let's talk about some of the locales some of the right, tourist right. spots you might want to visit if you ever unfortunately find yourself in the city of dis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. getting roasted oh you do get roasted oh man you it do just get... keeps making sense <laughs> so interestingly enough the city of Dis actually boasts neighborhoods that are friendly to humans and other planar races. These uh, areas were founded by enterprising merchants, which often mimic like the famous sections of cities on the prime material plane, um, because it's a uh, you know it's as close to a tourist community as it gets to hell. You know, although the food is bad and the heat is terrible, like you're able to kind of get a little slice of home i i home why would it be home for me well i mean i thought you said home (laughs) 
I mean, like if if you are from Faerun, right? There might be uh like a like a little Baldur's Gate there or something, or a Aww. or a Neverwinter Town, you know. <laughs> little and like, oh. And so, like, oh, this they 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 make a pizza pie like they do in my hometown, oh, just um, like mamas. And so that is yeah. uh, that is silly and absurd, and I love it. <laughs> well, yeah the the people who choose to live here to live in dis. Uh-huh. Not the sanest members of their species. What? And, you know, the, like, the constant oppressiveness of the city itself, you know, all of the heat, all of it, you know, will wear down on you. You know, mm-hmm. you're not, well, you're, you're probably not thinking, you know, that well to begin with yeah. if you want to live there. Yeah. And then the living conditions there are just going to exacerbate there, that. It's not going to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so not help your case. many become so desperate that uh, the only, you know, the hope of one big score keeps them from just ending it all. Just, you know, I guess yeah. Uh, yeah. trying to walk out the city and see what what goes on out there, because mm-hmm. there's a reason no one really knows what exists outside the cities because no one has gone out there and come back. Oh, OK. Um, the fetters. So. The city of Dis is the one place in the Nine Hells where creatures from outside the dominion of Hell of Bator mm-hmm. can come in uh, to engage in trade, to barter information, or to seek infernal audiences. Okay. Uh, the Fetters is the name for that city district where those outsiders gather, along with damn souls who were clever or valuable enough to avoid the torments reserved for most of the nine hell's victims. Uh, somehow many of the outsiders who come to this find themselves stuck here and never end up leaving the nine hell's hence the name of the district. Um, right. The fetters is a sprawling dismal slum uh, crowded mm-hmm. with shrines to dark deities, uh, dilapidated palaces where splendor has long ago peeled away to reveal the rot beneath um, I love it. Uh, gangs of vicious thieves fight for control of the fetters, but all that, like the, the the freedom, the control, the power, all that is an illusion because this fader rules this with an iron fist. <laughs> I'm surprised I got that sentence out. Uh, you did. He has spies and informants keeping him uh, praised of all the dealings here. Like nothing's going on in his lair without his knowing about he knows it. what's up right right now we've got so, uh mentiri which is the okay. vast prison of dis uh and it lies in the heart of a confusing labyrinth that is guarded by uh bone devils by bearded devils chain devils mm-hmm. barb devils Ooh. all the awful devils that all the all the guys it's like and i actually uh i i sat this session out but um, my Age of Worms campaign. Mm-hmm. They, they, I believe it was Barb Devils that they, uh, that they tangled with in the last session, and they said it was well, one. One guy did die. One of the characters died. Luckily, um, we had a revivify spell handy. Right. Um, but they said it was. It looked like it was going to be a TPK, and that's the thing with Ooh. these devils, with these bone devils and bearded devils, you know, chain barb devils. 
is, you know, one or two of them, not a big deal, but you throw a handful of them together and it's, and mm-hmm. you got yourself a fight. Once you start stacking them, they layer, they layer beautifully. That's one, beautifully <laughs> is one way to put it. From this, from the DM side, it can be fun. Yeah, you're a sociopath. Uh, so the inmates include crusading paladins, uh, planar mercenaries, mm-hmm. demon cultists, uh, and mm-hmm. more than a few luckless adventurers. The souls of mortals who somehow wind up in the Nine Hells uh, without having you know, damned themselves in life beforehand are also held there. Oh, so from all of the layers? Or just from the one layer. I mean, just well, any anyone who any mortal, any soul of a mortal that um, that is somehow wound up in the nine hells, but the soul wasn't damned beforehand. Right, right, right. That's where you're just gonna get dragged to. Right, and but due to ancient compacts, due to this, you know, older than time agreement, these souls do not belong to the devils and cannot be tormented or destroyed. But neither need they be released. So it's like, all right, look, I can't torment or destroy you, but I ain't got to let you go either. Which is also kind of tormenting, though. It's a little bit. I mean, I feel I feel that any lawyer, any rules lawyer worth their salt could argue that case and maybe get that soul freed. (laughs) Uh, The last locale that we're going to talk about is the Garden of Delights. It's oh. don't don't hold on. Let me, let me get through How it. How wonderful. I'm sure it's amazing. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's nothing, uh, no hidden meaning behind this. Um, no, it's got such a lovely name and it's on one of the layers of hell. It's got to be great. Behind tall walls of sandstone lies the Garden of Delights. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like an oasis of pleasure amid the oppressive heat of this. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. beautiful women stand at the gates, ready to collect an exorbitant entry fee from would-be patrons. Inside, pleasures of the flesh are readily available, as are refreshing beverages, sumptuous meal, glug glug glug, drink drink drink, yum yum yum, kissy kissy mm-hmm. kissy. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the garden is nothing more than an, the illusion of a bound ifrit. Those are mm. genies that are native to the elemental plane of fire. Oh. Uh, and ifrits end up putting in a hundred or a thousand and one days of service to some diabolic master. And while all the customer's needs seem to be met, in fact, they are eating and drinking nothing at all. And due to the nature of dis, this fact is only apparent when the garden is left behind. So a person might possibly choose to leave, but probably not. I mean, if you are getting every vice satisfied in this place, you know, and the, and you know that there's, you have dis out there, like with the heat and the, and the fog and the screams and the, you're probably going to die anyway. Well, I mean, you're like, I'm going to stay here. Like, why would I leave? Oh, you're right. You're right. Although so they just do they just like just like well, lay there and just die? Well, many a patron have starved to death amid the illusion of grand feasts and rivers of wine. Oh, how strange. 
which is absolutely awesome. I love that. I, I love that idea so much that uh, you could essentially um, like glutton someone to death. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sinning to death. Yeah, that's one uh-huh. way of putting it for sure. Uh, we will uh, take a quick break. Ooh. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, our good buddy, Despater. Oh, I'm sure he's awesome. He's. Uh, Yay. No. No. No, they never are. Welcome to the middle of the show. We're going to get right back to this. I can't stop with the puns. I'm so, I'm absolutely sorry. What has Mary done to me? Uh, but really quickly, we want to um, thank our patrons, of course. Uh, shout out all the social medias and all that, as well as um, giving you some recent D&D news. And of course, uh, checking out the DMs Guild. So first and foremost, of course, thank you so much to um, all the listeners, in particular, the patrons who uh, make a lot of stuff possible as a result of uh, their support you know we are um, we have we have merchandise out. We're able to pay artists to you know create uh, art to put on T-shirts and mugs and stuff like that. Uh, you can find all that stuff on our Redbubble store. There is a link in the show notes. Uh, as additionally, we're we're still working toward the magic item of the week book, and we're hiring artists to um, to create art for that. And obviously, trying to pay them uh, what um, a, a fair a fair rate. Um, because we feel that artists um, should be paid for for their for their work. Uh, so thank you so much to the patrons. Uh, thank you if you're listening to this. Uh, thank you if you want to uh, join the ranks of the fair folk of the Patreon. You can go to dnd or patreon.com slash lorecast. Sign up for one of the tiers there. If you want to continue uh, supporting the show in other ways, you can continue by listening, giving us, you know, jacking up those listener counts, those download counts, uh, giving us five-star reviews on Patre- uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, you could also follow us on all the social medias. We're pretty much DND Lorecast everywhere on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitch, pretty much anywhere uh, where people post memes uh, and uh, other stuff like that. You can find us uh, at DND Lorecast. Uh, as far as news goes, well, we were talking about the very chunky playtest six that came out uh, recently. Well, if you've reviewed that and you want to let wizards know what's what, you can absolutely do so by um, by going to the website and uh, taking their survey. You can take the survey now; it's open, and your chance to you know let wizards know what isn't working, what is working, and they've already taken some of the suggestions from previous surveys, from previous playtests that they released. They're already incorporating those suggestions into the newest playtest, which is really cool. So definitely check that out if you're interested in molding and crafting the latest iteration of DND. And as far as the DMs Guild pick corner of the week, we're sticking with Hellbound Heists as we have been throughout our Hotter Than the Nine Hell series. It's nine different adventures, each focusing on one of the nine layers of hell, uh, nine different heights, you know, nine different uh, adventures to either do as one shots or, you know, put into a pre-existing campaign or to make one long hellish campaign in and of itself 29 new monsters 23 new items new background innumerable terror uh the adventure for this 
is a level seven to 10 adventure called Mission Dis Protocol. Assist an infernal lawyer by stealing the proof of her client's innocence from the archives of a dis. Uh, sounds awesome. Sounds like a lot of fun. Like, like I said, as we've been saying for the past couple of weeks, this is a great item to have. Uh, you can buy it as a PDF and it's actually in the month of July. It's on sale for 25% off. So usually $15.95. You can get it for $11.96 until the end of the month. And of course, a link to that is in the show notes. That being said, let's jump back to the show. Welcome back. This week we're talking about dis. Mm-hmm. This is dis week. It's dis week. week. It's dis week, yo. It's dis week, yo. Uh, we talked about the city itself and a little bit about the layer. I mean, they're kind of mm-hmm. one and the same. You can't really talk about the city without talking about the layer and vice versa. Right. In the first half of the episode, the second half, we're going to talk about the the big Kamehameha, the big Kahuna, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the head cheese. Mm-hmm. Dispater. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned you you said before we went to the middle of the show that you 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 think he's probably a great guy. He's probably great. All the arch, you know, all the archdukes are great. They're awesome. Never did nothing wrong, right? Nothing problematic about any. Nothing of them. problematic. They're super chill, cool dudes. Well, as far as a as far as super chill goes. Mm-hmm. Dispater would probably take that title as far as oh. the Archdukes go. You know, fam- he's fam- is famous as the most cautious and calculating of the Archdukes. Oh, I see. Um, but though his supremely unruffled manner would never betray like any sort of anxiety, there were uh, recent upheavals in Bator that left him fearful for his power. This oh. was around the time of... Um, of Bell taking over Avernus from mm-hmm. Zariel, you know, the ease mm-hmm. with which Asmodeus' daughter, Glacia, eliminated the ruler of another layer, seemingly mm-hmm. with her father's collusion, um, had the already cautious Dispater, like double checking his escape routes and quadrupling his guards. Oh. I mean, the all of hell is, is treacherous to begin with. Yeah. Uh, when, when when you see a, you know, when you see a, so when you see betrayal at that level. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's got a, I mean, you know, just little, little lesser devils, you know, stabbing each other in the back. Big it deal. Happens. It happens. It, yeah. But Asmodeus and his daughter getting rid of a ruler of one of the rulers of the layers. That's, mm-hmm. that's enough to cause the idea to pause for sure. So, like I said before, he's notorious for never, almost never venturing out of his fortress, out of the Iron Tower. I mean, I get it. And But after this, the father of strife has now retreated even farther, even further into the deeps, into the depths of his inner sanctum. Okay. He now sees only his most trusted advisors and issues commands through multiple layers of intermi- uh, intermediaries. So... That just sounds like the worst way to play telephone and get something wrong (laughs) i mean that's immediately what i thought but at the same same time if you know you're taking you know an order from from the archduke Mm -hmm. of the second layer of hell 
like you want to make sure like okay so like what ex- like let me write this down let me make sure i have you this have down to be sure. right. right you have to be sure did he sign that okay cool <laughs> Uh, he was once an ally of Mephistopheles uh, okay. and an avowed foe of Beelzebul. Okay. Uh, but recently, Despater has altered his political course in hopes of making him more friendly to everyone and less of an enemy to anyone. Yeah. Oh, he wants to try to keep everybody from screwing him over because they're all trying to screw each other over already. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, for the most part. But it also helps to have as many friends as he possibly can. Well, I mean, if you uh, leverage in a lot of directions, I mean, if you are friend, at least, I mean, maybe not, you know, bosom buddies, but if you're at least mm-hmm. friendly with mm-hmm. everyone, then they might take more pause if, if it comes to deciding if they want to try to take over this. You're right. Or if they're like, hey, you know what? This Bader has always been pretty cool. I'm sure he'd help me with this plan to... Oh, you're right, you're right, right. So to that end, uh, he has politely distanced themselves from former allies and made peace overtures to old rivals. But none of his counselors, none of his advisors dare to point out that making peace with everyone is obviously impossible in hell. <laughs> Mood. I mean, I get it. It's it feels like he's it's I want to say <laughs> I want to say the best intentions uh, or how the road to hell is paved with the best of intentions. And so, I mean, that's kind of very fitting in this situation. It really is. Oh. Uh, his overriding <laughs> goal, as always, is to protect the realm he already commands and, and to keep that power. Right. And so he does so by slowly clamping down on the safe zones of Dis, of the city, of the lair. You know, those areas that have uh, usually been hospitable to planar travelers. Uh, some who have even taken residence therein. Oh. You know, he Despater worries that these half-crazed voluntary occupants, because again, you kind of have to be a little bit crazy to voluntarily okay. mm. live in hell. If this is your this is your plan, this is your backup plan or your safety net is that, then I you're right. You gotta be a little bit off for that, I think. Right. So he thinks these these half crazed voluntary occupants, you know, are natural sources of betrayal. Oh yeah. I mean it makes sense. Like they're kind of wild cards. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he's also afraid to provoke them openly for fear that they spring some kind of trap on him. Also, he's so paranoid. Very, yeah. I mean, this it's a very paranoid, very, very Howard I, Hughes energy you, going on. Yeah, you, uh, you said cautious, but I don't think I think cautious is the nice word. That's like the, that's the politest way to say. It. Oh, for sure. I'm nothing if not polite. Um, hmm. Another way. Um, so, like, he's so he's trying to squeeze uh, them out slowly through incremental harassment. Uh, through taxation, uh, heightened surveillance. So he just wants to kind of get rid of them slowly, but in a way that doesn't seem so obvious. Okay. Uh, Another way that he aims to protect his realm is by ordering a top-to-bottom survey 
of his whole of his whole harvesting of his soul harvesting operations whole <laughs> harvesting operations something completely different that is a different layer of hell <laughs> much different that layer. is a uh, go see fierda for that i'm pretty sure that's where that happens so he wants to know you know how many souls he's getting from the from the material plane he wants to know uh is it he's basically doing an audit okay okay uh, he's been trying some relatively new schemes, uh, has been offering to trade territories or even servants, minions with other more ambitious archdukes. And Ooh. so, you know, his idea that reinforcing these old territories that reliably send him souls with minimal effort and then mm-hmm. rewarding the devils that, you know, find ways to increase their yields is an an easy way to solidify his power. Okay. And finally, another way that this Vader is hoping to, you know, keep control of the lair is by making a point to root out traitors. You know, he's convinced, okay. probably understandably so, that his ranks are packed with potential betrayers. Goodness. And so what he does is he has half of his devils spying on the other half <laughs> and vice versa. I wonder and you if know they all know and just hang out. I'm gonna say like I wonder if they figured it out and they just like uh show up to each other's houses with pizza and you know a sixer. And yeah, be like, like hey, hey, I'm here to spy hang on out you. And play like houses and humans for an hour or something. I'm supposed right. to be spying and on spy you. on each other. And spy on each other. I'm gonna be outside. I'm sorry about it, but I had a pizza and stuff delivered. I gotta act creepy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, I got you on my list this time, too. So I'll see you Tuesday. Cool. So let's talk about the Spader's gang, his his, his, Ooh, his group, his, his homies. His homies. Mm-hmm. So we've got Lilith, the consort of the Spader. Mm-hmm. You know, more or less, um, you know, his, his girlfriend, his not really boothang. wife, his boothang. Mm-hmm. One of the older and uh, weaker of the female devils, how Lilith's careful dis- uh, diplomacy and strategies, and her attention to the events in the hells and elsewhere, um, and in fact, her network of spies is said to be second only to um, uh, Asmodeus's. Mm. This has helped her keep her position she- in the infernal regions as a cougar. Right. Exactly. And that so, fantastic. you know, like I said, she like, you know, like I said, one of the described as one of the most one of the older and weaker mm-hmm. of them. But it's this uh, this shrewd mind that keeps her position uh, as secure as that of any of the nobility of the hells. Hmm. She uh, she has orange red skin, copper colored hair and green eyes. It says that she looks like a short, plump human female of middle age, except for the hue of her skin, her tiny red horns, long red nails, forked tail, wings, and delicate cloven black hooves. So I I like how it's like she looks like, yeah, like she looks like a a bit of a cougar. She looks like a bit like a, you know, like like your best friend's mom in high school who you kind of had a crush on. Um, except for like she absolutely looks like a freaking devil, except that she has horns and she has a forked tail and wings and hooves. 
Except yeah. for all that, though, she looks like your average, you know, you know, mom of middle age. I I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's like Midwestern devil. Oh, hey there. Oh yeah, Hi. like right. I'm Lilith. And like, you're like you go up to your room to play like Nintendo sixty four and eat pizza pizza puffs, and you're like, "Say, man, your mom's kind of hot." Shut up, dude. <laughs> Um, you boys want some iced tea? It's like yes, like shut up, you better not say anything. So, uh, Lilis and Buffont, who is mm-hmm. Despater's provost, and we're going to talk mm-hmm. about him here in a sec, uh, okay. are as trusting and as close as two devils ever become. You know, for obvious reasons, devils don't ever really become that close for right. You know, devil reasons. Um, but both are thus far unswervingly loyal to Despater. Interesting. So they're like Lilith and Buffon are like two peas in a pod. So you would think like, oh, they're they're ripe for betrayal. They're going to team up and take over. They're gonna usurp Despater's, you know, rule. Mm-hmm. But apparently, they they are both. It says unswervingly loyal. Hmm. And this makes his control of the lair the envy of other archdevils. Because, I mean, I mean, Buffont, the provost of Despater, essentially kind of like his best friend, you know, like his right hand man, right? Right. So you got like your best friend and your boo thing, and they're like buddies, like best mm-hmm. friends. They're like, you know, always. Oh going my out gosh, to- I see a buddy comedy for this and for the so- D&D network. It's it's more it's like a threes companies type situation, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the vibe I was getting. <laughs> uh, so Buffont uh, runs the affairs of the Archdevil's palace, so consequently he is almost always to be found in the Iron City, uh, usually mm-hmm. within the Iron Tower Palace itself. You know where he is never without a staff of guards, uh, uh, or that consists of about half a dozen lesser devils. Mm-hmm. As far as appearance goes, Buffont appears as a portly blood red skinned humanoid devil wingless but with a small tough tail and two inward pointing hooked curved horns that sprout from his head above either temple his eyes are of a single hue a deep blue green and he is always smiling first that's creepy that that small tough tail though that's pretty adorable. Why'd you make him cute? Come on. I mean, it's it's going it's going to be a good look for I I'm also thinking that this uh this threes company type situation we got going on on oh, the on I the D D TV network is going to be animated. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna be a little cutie pie. He's gonna be adorable. Uh like they're <laughs> they're definitely gonna end up shipping him and and Spader for sure. It's gonna on, happen on the internet, and it's gonna we're happen. here for it. We're gonna have mm-hmm. like, uh, I mean, it's like he's portly, blood red skinned humanoid devil, you know, so kind of like dad bodish, you know. Um, but they're gonna end up having like we'll you'll we'll have to, we'll Google search the font buff drawing image search. It's and, gonna exist. Yeah, and he's gonna have like I, eight I'm not abs. googling that, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. screwing up my algorithm. I'll tell you that much right now. Look, my algorithm ha- is a problem. Already. Okay, <laughs> it's already a problem. 
So um, typically he carries an ornate iron rod, which is equal in damage um, to about to about a morning star. Okay. And uh, he'll see, but he'll seize whatever is at hand in a battle. Right. Uh, but he prefers to let others fight for him. However. Uh, and will try to summon or otherwise call for aid if attacked. It says, while he is not particularly brave or forceful, he is crafty and plans far, far into the future. Uh, As stated previously, his relationship with Lilith is closer in mutual understanding and cooperation, some say, than the relationship between Lilith and Despater himself. Just it's so refreshing to see these uh people getting along. I I like the I mean I hope it's interesting about the devils. Yeah, uh, yeah. I hope that that this is cool with that relationship. Like he's like very secure in his yeah. own relationship with Lilith. That he's absolutely fine with her like being very close to his buddy to this to this other this other devil that's so fun i mean like that's that's what i hope but probably he like secretly probably is, not. Like, worried about it like he's like he's paranoid about everything else except that come on but let us let us just hope and dream and wish what if that's his one thing he's like oh no that's not a problem right like he's <laughs> but it's, it's like that's the cool. only thing like, they definitely are plotting against him but he's like no not them they're fine but this other guy though they would never, never, never betray me this way. <laughs> what are you doing? You are my my right hand man. We are best friends. That, that sort of uh, betrayal never effort. happens, especially in hell. Uh, also, the Duke of Despater, the kick-ass uh-huh. Duke, Arioch. Arioch serves nice. Despater in the office of Avenger, <gasps> uh, meting out punishment upon all on Dis who defy or otherwise displease his master. Of course. Uh, he also wards off the intrusions of devils of all ranks uh, from other planes and accompanies his master as a bodyguard in all situations of possible peril, uh, such as visiting the court of Asmodeus or visiting any other layers of hell or any other planes to begin with oh. or in general. A comfort uh, duke. A comfort duke. Uh, Ariok's flat reptilian head kind of like a stubby crocodile's, is oh. ringed with the leonine mane. Uh, his skin oh. is dark wine red, deepening to purple on the head and the shoulders, and also on his big bat-like wings. Uh, I he- want to quit picturing Randall, the bad guy from Monsters, Inc., with a like the cheap lion um, mane like, that like people put of, on like, dogs. But buff, you know? <laughs> But buff, I need to stop. That's, I mean, that's that's headcanon now. Uh, he has a forked tail, great cloven hooves, and heavily muscled arms. I like how it just emphasizes, it, just, it, met, it points out the arms. It doesn't say anything else about the rest of his body. So I, I like to think he's one of those guys who isn't in great shape, meme. but he has like, you know, all he does are like you know curls like curls and maybe bench but he's got a big old belly Mm. little tiny legs with hooves (laughs) uh in combat he employs a this huge 20 foot long 
double ended halberd. A halberd is um what basically like a like a long axe. Mm-hmm. Uh, except uh, the axe part is on both ends. It's double ended. And so it, he kind of swings it around the middle, kind of like a I love like that. Darth Maul. And it's also made of adamantite. Ooh, one of my favorite weapons is a uh, double bladed scimitar. It's one of my go. favorite D&D weapons. Very similar theory. And then finally, there is Malak Labra, who is. Uh, allegedly the daughter of Despater. She claims to be the daughter of Despater and presumably, if that's the case, the daughter of Lilis. Okay. Uh, Malik Labra and Elminster actually ran into each other when the wizard found himself in hell. Uh, this is in the appropriately titled novel Elminster in Hell. Oh, good. I'm Right. I mean... <laughs> I love when I know exactly what the book is going to be about. It just it to me it harkens back to an organization like organizing things a certain way and being of the mindset of why would I name this something absurd if I name it something easy you know exactly what to look for right right so uh, there was a book that um, that our good pal Ed Greenwood mm-hmm. wrote um, about <clears throat> Elminster going to hell and he titled it Elminster in Hell beautiful. I love it. I love everything about this. Uh, he was so Elminster's captured and tortured there by uh, Nergal, who is this mm-hmm. outcast archdevil exiled by Asmodeus to Avernus. Uh, Malik Labra offers to free the wizard, but due to Nergal's mach- machinations, you know, barely ends up escaping with her own life. Uh, she is humanoid in form with mm-hmm. comely features and a lush body as black as obsidian. Oh. She, uh, her fingers uh, end in talons, um, the length of a man's arm. So I assume like it's just another like two feet of just talon. Mm-hmm. Of fingernail. Right. Like the, um, oh my gosh, why can I never remember the name of this thing? It's a bone something. I called him Bone Daddy and I cannot for the life of me remember the actual enemy name now. See, when you make up silly names for things, you can't ever remember <laughs> the real names. That's essentially massive claws that are about two feet like long. So it's like a regular length arm and then additional just nail horror story stuff. Uh, she also has bat wings. They are ruby uh-huh. red on the outside, black on the inside. And she has three snake tails, um, at least one of which oh. ends in this sort of like um, shape, uh, spade shape. That is sharp okay. enough to slash. Like it's, it can be used as a weapon. Hmm. And it says that her horned head sat upon her unnaturally long neck. And behind oh. her red, beautiful lips was a forked tongue. While a flame burned at the back of her ale brown eyes. And that that's that's this. <laughs> There you go. That's, that's, that's this. this. I uh, I love it. It's fantastic. I mean, like just going through, there's a lot of similarities in, a, in these layers mm-hmm. of hell, but I love how they're all at least, you know, slightly different in their own unique ways. Right. It's, Whether... it's, it's similar enough to tie it properly together, but not so much that you're getting the same thing over and over again. Right, there's like this overarching theme of like, hey, yeah, this is hell and it's awful, 
And a mm-hmm. lot of it is what you recognize as hell, like what you would recognize from, uh, from I, I want to say normal life, but like, you know, when you think of hell, it's like you right. see a lot of what you think <clears throat> of traditionally in these right. places, in these layers, but it's also tweaked to uh, be a little different from, from layer to layer. Each Archduke is different in its own way. They have their right. own motivations. They have their own relationships. I yeah, I like seeing the the pulls and the different ties from different like because it, it does come from various cultures and pulling different things together that way. And it's very it's neat the way that it's all put way it's all like pulled from somewhere but cohesive and you can see the ties to real life. It kind of that to me adds to the immersion. Like oh, that's kind of like this thing cool i understand that and i know how i feel towards this thing no right exactly exactly and we are mm-hmm. we are more than halfway done i believe we are two almost done with done. this uh, we're done. done we're done with this for sure we're done with this oh i'm sorry i'm sorry now we only oh, our tour yeah our tour of the nine hells uh we only True. have uh i think three left three left yep three and so left we will finish that up here in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. And as it starts to cool down, it's, I mean, let's be honest on, on the plane that is known as Texas, it's, it doesn't really cool down until mid February. And then mid-February. it ices over and it's miserable for like two weeks. And then it starts to get hot again. I like the iced over cold. Give me back my cold. Oh, I, I prefer it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, my uh, my IRL job when mm-hmm. I'm not in the tower, mm-hmm. uh, I can work from home if need be. Mm-hmm. And so if it even looks like it's going to be bad, they're like, yeah, just stay home. Don't worry about it. Oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah, no, say I less. Am, it has been, it is, it's oppressive. That's what it it's, is. It is oppressive outside. I mean, it felt, it felt like this today as like the just oppressive heat or you just like mm-hmm. just wanted to lie down and just go to sleep forever i did like uh we went out yesterday actually went and ran errands it is hot and oppressive enough that i sunburned just by from just by driving in just my by, vehicle yeah from being in my vehicle being outdoors mm-hmm. which means i'll have more freckles on one side than the other <laughs> well from the off-centered freckled mary and myself center (laughs) my name is sergio (laughs) and my name is mary fare thee well dear listener and until we meet again may all your 20s be natural thank you for listening to the dungeons and dragons Lorecast. if you've enjoyed the show consider following us on twitter instagram and tiktok at dnd Lorecast or jumping into the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.